Hi. Hello. This is Double Bluff. The comedy podcast where we teach a lot and lie a little. I'm Renee. And this is Carissa. And uh, we're back and better than ever. Mm-hmm. You you have no idea. Well, I really don't have an, any idea. I haven't been editing and I'm so excited. I'm just, I'm going to be just as surprised as everyone else to, uh, for two things, right? So one, I'm going to be surprised at how good it is. And two, I'm going to be surprised at what the lie is again, because like I mentioned in the last episode, I'm the stupidest goldfish at school. Like the <laughs> dumbest zero memory (laughs) but yeah so the premise of this podcast is basically we're gonna tell you guys some things about a topic that we really care about uh previous topics have ranged from feet to blood magic we're also going to throw in a little lie and it's the job of the second person to guess which is which and so we've made a little game show out of thin air you know we're we're floating on these beautiful game show clouds right (laughs) here (laughs) I got in the groove of talking to the microphone and then I I stopped making sense. (laughs) I'm talking to a microphone right now, guys, so I feel a little bit like a jazz singer. So I I feel like an MC. We're on those smooth game show clouds right now, taking you down to game show town. (laughs) You know what I hate? Because talking into a microphone does change your personality. That's like I whenever I grab the microphone to do my set I like become a different person my least favorite thing in the entire world is when I meet men who are talking to me like in real life as if they are holding a microphone Mm -hmm. like they Mm -hmm. are speaking as if they are on their own podcast Mm -hmm. and I hate that I I met I met uh, someone earlier this weekend who I was like listening to him talk and I was like you know that no one's listening other than myself right like you don't need to talk like that like he do- he was doing a podcast voice and i was like that's not necessary i agree with you they enunciate really strangely they start saying oh but would you rather not think about yeah. it this way I- and it's like excuse me sir i think you're offending both the irish and all women right now <laughs> and then they laugh like <laughs> yeah so what's interesting about that is like nothing's interesting about that by the way nothing is ever interesting about what they're talking about what did you do this week so i got a job at the single most i I don't even know if you can say boring i don't think you can compare levels of boring when it comes to insurance brokerage firms (laughs) it's just they're all shit but i seem to have gotten the bottom of the barrel in terms of finding something interesting And, and don't get me wrong i love my coworkers; they're very nice so if they ever you know come across this because of the secret service you know it's fine i love you guys please don't send me to jail but (laughs) there's only so much excel the human brain can take i swear to god i'm convinced i don't have adhd i just deserve to be a farmer somewhere because there's no way the human brain could have evolved for hundreds and thousands of years just to sit in front of a laptop and look at tiny little squares change numbers all day i'm with you i don't like excel i'm not good at excel no but i got to my job and like I would say 
it's the opposite end of like where your work has been like streamlined and streamlined and streamlined by Excel sheets. My work is like a bunch of social workers who are all like me. And I now see what happens when nobody makes a spreadsheet. So I'm really excited about today, actually. I'm introducing the topic today. Last week, it was Renee's turn and I lost pretty massively. I lost about a lie. I mean, should I spoil it? Can I spoil it? No, what the fuck? Don't spoil it. No. That's not how we do this. I lost and it was the most ridiculous lie on the planet. And I lost. I did not do a good job of doing a lie last (laughs) week. And you somehow did a worse job. So I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Remember when we used to keep score? Uh, (laughs) That was before we recorded five extra episodes that never got released. (laughs) Now it's um, all about having fun. We don't care about scores. Yeah. And I I would be very shocked if anybody even got to the last 10 minutes of our podcast anyway. Um, Just enjoy the ride. I am, by the way, though, not feeling the sharpest today so you're definitely gonna be able to get a slow one by me you're gonna be able to give me an underhanded toss and i'm just gonna throw up on it because i'm very hungover oh i'm so ready this is what i'm hoping for because obviously again not the brightest fish in the barrel and so i need a similarly (laughs) dull (laughs) you know what the brightest monkey in the barrel (laughs) it's monkeys in the the barrel (laughs) see i can't even get my metaphors right But today, we're going to talk about actors and the movies that they're ashamed of. Today's topic, I've already said, Mm. it's actors and the movies they're ashamed of. I pick this one because of Tim Curry. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Mostly because it boggles my mind that he won't talk about the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but isn't ashamed of being in Home Alone 2. (laughs) Where he gets compared to the Grinch repeatedly, both in terms of body, face, and personality. Like, he's perfectly fine with that. But the Rocky Horror Picture Show is too much. And it, and honestly, I have a soft spot for that movie. I watched it for the first time with Renee. Renee want to talk about that movie for a little bit. Yeah. I really liked it. Tim Cur- like t- So Tim Curry is an actor who plays Frankenfurter. And yeah, apparently he won't. Like, he stopped doing any publicity around this. Like, he won't do interviews, answer questions about Rocky Horror, which, you know, like, it's like, that's the movie that made you, first of all. But yeah, Rocky Horror, like, <laughs> I, I don't even know if we have to explain this. Is like, millennials love Rocky Horror. It's like a drag cabaret, like, cult horror. Uh, I, I don't know how else to explain it. Like a... Susan Sarandon's in Susan it. Sarandon. I think that that's <laughs> probably the movie that made her too. It's not like, I don't think really? she is ashamed of it. And she shouldn't be because, my God. No, she was fucking she was amazing in that movie. I know. I, I discovered that movie when I was 10. And <laughs> for me, it was like, this is an acceptable, like, there were nipples in it. And I was like, it's fine because it's a musical. So I'm allowed to watch this Mm. every day was what Mm. I told myself. Like, I think I watched it like when I was 10 in the month of October and I decided to just watch it once (laughs) every single night. You heard it here first. Apparently nipples are okay as long as it's in a musical. I think so. Um, 
Well, I don't know. The movie's incredibly inappropriate for a child. So I'm I'm very glad that I watched it when I was 23 <laughs> for the first time. Because I definitely would have been much stranger had I been a child that had watched this growing up. Well, like... Like, I watched... Yeah. A Sound of Music. That was my musical. I, so that's why I'm very anti-Nazi now. You can... <laughs> Renee. <laughs> I, you can like them both. I also like The Sound of Music. They're, they're not... Mm-hmm. But also, Julie Andrews could have done Rocky Horror and Susan Sarandon probably could have done The Sound of Music. So, you know, like... Same strokes, different folks. Yeah. What are, you, what are you saying? I don't like I said, I'm talking into the mic and I feel like a jazz MC. Um, but Let's, I did have a question. Yeah. So since we're talking about movies and actors and the movies that they hate, what movie would you have wanted to been in if you were an actor? So like what's your dream character to have played? Christ, that's such and a good why? question. You, if you have an answer, you can go first because I have to. Spirit say. Stallion of the Cimarron. <laughs> Who would you have played? Do you want to do your the horse? Which horse? Like Spirit, Spirit? Stallion. <laughs> Sorry, there's also a chick horse, but I guess she doesn't talk, right? Yeah, no. I don't. Know. I want to have a voice. <laughs> I don't know because this question is. It kind of is also more or less, what's your favorite movie? And that's a really difficult question for me. What do you think you'd have been really good at? You know you what? You say a documentary, no. too. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Documentary? Yeah. I wish I was. Um, I had played the fish in okay, Blue Planet. Okay, can I tell you what movie I think you would have been really, really good at? What's that? The Kite Runner. Uh, never seen it. Is that not... Oh, it's that movie about Afghanistan? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like Boy in the Striped Pajamas, but like but Afghanistan version? <laughs> Am I the boy yeah. with the kite? Yeah. <laughs> the boy in the kite pajamas? No, you know what actually I was going to say? I, I have a serious answer. One of my mm-hmm. favorite, and this is, I know this is a normie movie. It's a normie role. Please don't judge me. But I think it was mm-hmm. one of the most fabulously acted roles and movies and very compelling. I don't care what anybody says. I like it. I like Silver Linings Playbook. I would have oh. killed the role that um, Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence? Um, Tiffany. That's I th- love that role and that movie. Mm-hmm. It is the peak white woman role. And you would have slayed it. You would have slayed Thank it. Thank you. No, it really is. And it kind yeah. of fits this theme because she should be embarrassed about having yeah. been in the movie Aloha. <laughs> And and Bradley Cooper also I, was he in Wait, Aloha as well? Was that her? Wasn't was it? Was she in Aloha? I thought that was no. That was Emma Stone oh. who played the Asian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Emma Stone. Sh- if she isn't ashamed, she should be ashamed for being in Aloha. <laughs> I hope so. And mm. a, a, an Asian American woman, <laughs> Emma Stone, an Asian American icon. I actually also have another answer, a more serious answer. Okay. Have you seen that picture of Kristen Stewart petting uh, the werewolf, but it's without CGI, so it's just a guy in a green suit? <laughs> in, twi- in, in New Moon? Or- in New Moon, or whatever, freaking Twilight nerd. I don't know which New movie. New Moon is the but- one where she pets the werewolf that's the CGI werewolf. Um I would have played uh, Renesmee. I would have wanted to be <laughs> CGI Renesmee. 
You named my daughter after the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> oh. Okay, yeah, I'd, I'd really want to be that person in the green suit because um, <laughs> I'd also want Kristen Stewart to pet me. How is this a more serious answer? You're like, um, I have a serious answer to this question. I'd like because to- I actually wrote this one down. So. <laughs> I'd like to be sincere for a moment. Um, okay, sorry. Go on. I want to hear. Tell me. Tell me about um, this topic. So today, this episode is pretty structured because I actually wrote stuff down for once, which okay. Renee's been telling me to do since the beginning. And every time, like a petulant child, I've been like, "No, mom, I'm just gonna wing it." And each time. We, did, we had to do it four times over because of that very <laughs> <laughs> refusal. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take four actors, the movies that they were in and then hated, and I'm going to give you some of the details, you know, like pre-film, about the film, after the film, maybe. And we're going to learn about the politics of the film industry. We're going to learn about the lives of the people that are in the film industry or were in the film industry. Some of these people are dead. And I was originally going to watch all the movies that I'm listing and give you guys my thoughts, but neither Renee nor I gave a rat's ass to do enough. (laughs) Also, you know what, man? If I had watched the movies, it might have made it easier for me to guess your lie. So you might have had a bit of free, free pass. I don't know. I've done a pretty good job. Okay. I've done a pretty good job. Anyway. And by the, the way, this one, sorry, I was yeah. just gonna say this is so creative. I love this topic. I love what you're doing. And I love that it's episode eight and you are already bored with the format and you're switching it up. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Okay, go on. Uh, well it's episode eight. For it's like the episode listeners. Thirteen, fourteen, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh go After on. doing cool mountains and boring you to death also don't for- fun facts about mountains don't forget secret episode one about Catherine the great so this is like episode <laughs> 15 or something let's move on to the first person i'm introducing and that is liz taylor Ooh. and the movie butterfield eight okay renee what do you know about Elizabeth Taylor? I just know that she was like a beauty and fashion icon. She played Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Um, very mm-hmm. That's like her most iconic role, I would say. She was married to <laughs> Robert. Richard. Uh, uh, Richard. Burker. Burke. Burton. Burton. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say Robert Redford. So that was completely wrong. <laughs> Okay, go on. Anyway, you're right on all points. She was married to Richard Burton, and she was a legendary actress famous for her men and her Golden Age movies. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she was she was famous for her persona. I think similar to um, other icons like Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. who obviously were famous for being actresses, but also were famous for being famous. Mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. as they were for their acting abilities so everyone says she's got violet eyes okay i don't really see it i'm a little colorblind but she did have eyes amazing eyes beautiful uh, eyes. i don't Very know good about ones. this one carissa i'm on to you <laughs> i don't know for a fact that Very she had good eyes eyes that wasn't the list of things that i knew about elizabeth taylor <laughs> putting that one down your web of lies 
go on. So I get why everyone was obsessed. The woman was gorgeous. Now, the first time I saw her was also in Cleopatra, which let me just tell you, not appropriate for children. It Maybe not in the same vein as the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which you definitely should not have been watching at the age of 10, but also nipples. like inappropriate. <laughs> what did you say? I said nipples. <laughs> Sorry, why was Cleopatra inappropriate? Nipples. Oh, nipples. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah everybody well, not, has nipples. See through, see through the, you know, the the clothes. But um, let me just say that I've never been so pleased by Hollywood's decision to cast Western European people as. <laughs> what the fuck, bro? <laughs> Well, she was technically Greek, so it's not too bad. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so it's fine. So the only other exception I will make is for Diane Kruger in Troy, who also plays a Greek princess despite being German. So um, Elizabeth Taylor had a great career, that must be noted, but she had a very tumultuous personal life, and that's, as I mentioned before, what she was kind of famous for. And her tumultuous personal life mostly took place with rich, ugly men who took advantage of her when she was young, as is the case with many actresses. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, listen to this. So apparently, Howard Hughes, do you know who Howard Hughes is? No. So he was this billionaire fuck who uh was really famous for his plane obsession uh leonardo dicaprio played him in a movie called the aviator i think i'm not sure won't fact check it because i hate howard hughes howard hughes offered to buy elizabeth taylor from her parents for (gasps) six figure sum when she was like a child like when she was 18 or 17 or something like that but highly inappropriate to buy anyone adult or minor <laughs> can you do it is what i want to know can <laughs> you just do that i guess you could back in the olden days like it's like a dowry like i don't think oh. it was a literal like i'm gonna buy her it's more like i'll give you this money let her marry me oh oh and- that's so sick hate that so, not fun she didn't have the greatest history she was also married to nick hilton so the heir to the hilton family hotel of chains oh interesting hotel chain of hotels that's what <laughs> i meant to say um yeah she was uh, actually married eight times uh twice to the same man richard burton who she obviously she got divorced and then she got married to him again and then she got divorced again okay her second husband was an insecure failing actor who brought strippers into their house when she was gone can you believe this this is like jay-z cheating on beyonce like it's like you're you have one of the most beautiful women in the world in your home married to you and you still managed to screw it up so she had a third husband who died and her fourth was uh her dead husband's friend who was married to guess whom Ooh. The mother of Carrie, Princess Leia. Oh, Carrie Fisher. So, oh, he was no, married to he Debbie was married Reynolds. Married to Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. And then, she, and then he got. They got divorced, and then he married Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. Uh, oh my God! You could be making up like all of these spurious <laughs> connections between celebrities, like. <laughs> Like you're you're saying this to a person who like the first time that I even heard that Debbie Reynolds was Carrie Fisher's mom, I like I fell through the entire floor. Like I was like, what? Yeah, what? Like 
So this could be real. This could be fake. I I wouldn't know. Honestly, I would like to go back for a sec. You said she was married to the Hilton guy. Yeah, that was her first guy. Right. Did she have any kids with him? I actually do not remember. I cannot recall. I know that she did have children. But I don't remember whom she had them with. Okay, because so I was honest like answer. trying to feel out if you were insinuating that Paris Hilton is <laughs> is Elizabeth Taylor's like granddaughter, and I was like gonna get you because like that can't be true. Although, although if you, it could be again, this is you're telling this to a person who, when I found out that Nicole Richie was Lionel <laughs> Richie's daughter, I fucking <laughs> lost my mind. <laughs> okay go on so her fourth husband debbie reynolds's husband husband too right she didn't like him very much she very famously said that she basically only got with him because of grief so this actually became a huge scandal like lizzie liz taylor became the bad girl and debbie reynolds was the good woman the the wronged woman so it became a huge narrative in the press like she was like I'm going to go into it a little bit later, but let me just say it was a huge scandal. And it ended or actually burst on fire because her fourth husband, who she, you know, um, had, had an affair with before she got married to him, she then went on to cheat on him Mm -hmm. with Richard Burton. Mm. And Debbie Reynolds even told her husband when they were having it out, like, she was like, she's going to leave you in 18 months. Turns out, 30. She lasted 30 months with this asshole of a fourth husband who cheated on his wife to be with her. So she cheats on him to be with Burton, and they became the OG Brangelina, basically. Yes. Liz and Dick. That's what I understood from that, yeah. You've heard of this, right? Like, this has echoed through history. Like, people know about this. Well, I knew, I only really knew about her and the last guy, her and Richard Burton. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I did, but so she is also, she had a little, like, Angelina Jennifer Aniston situation with mm. Debbie Reynolds. That is... yeah. That's so juicy. Okay, go on. Uh, she also converted to Judaism and was a Zionist. <laughs> I have a quote from a film historian about her that's actually <clears throat> quite sad. It says, and I quote, No actress ever had a more difficult job in getting critics to accept her on screen as something other than Elizabeth Taylor. Which actually, um, given that there was only one Elizabeth Taylor <laughs> famous enough <laughs> to be a... Uh, a global star that makes sense but yeah basically what it says is her persona was bigger than her capabilities even though her capabilities were really strong like she was a great actress yeah now i have a question for you renee Mm -hmm. if you were a film historian and you got to pick three movies to put into a capsule to send to space what would they be they don't have to be good movies these are you're sending them they can be documentaries (laughs) Stop asking what my favorite documentaries are. You will quickly find out. I only have seen that Netflix 73 Cutest Animals documentary. And that's it. Um, favorite movies. Or movies that say something about the human race. Um, Ocean's 11. Ocean's 12. <laughs> Ocean's 13. 
<laughs> and if I get a fourth one, Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. 4. You will be purged <laughs> from the universe. <laughs> you will be stricken from every record. <laughs> We're saying Pirates of the Caribbean 4 when we all know Pirates of the Caribbean 2 is one of the best movies it's ever one of, made and says so much about humanity. It's one of the best movies ever made. I I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I I just I said that because I totally panicked and I, I, I have forgotten every movie I've ever watched. Like, what is my favorite movie? I don't know. Anyway, go on. I don't know anymore. Well, I would, so I would put Spirit, Talent of the Samurai, so that the, <laughs> so that the aliens would learn about the horses. They'll be like. And they would know that the white man is the evil one. <laughs> okay. And. Indigenous people get a pretty good rep in it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I would give them yeah. that final win. And then obviously, not a movie, but just a scene of Bella Swan petting the werewolf so that they get confused. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then my own movie where I have directed an epic, a movie, something like Troy. You know what I mean? Like a movie about about something very important to the Western canon. Okay. So I would do something like that. But I would cast exclusively Indians with very, very thick accents. <laughs> like very thick yes. Indians. <laughs> yes. That's the best. So that's what I would do. I would send my own movie up. To I stay. think Hollywood, um, like, obviously they're not doing that. But I appreciate this movement they're doing where they're casting Dev Patel as every white man. <laughs> He is so fucking good looking. I'm totally fine with it. Put him, make him, he can be, he can be George Washington. I'm so confused. He could be, but I'm so confused when people say he's good looking because you can find 30 bus conductors in India who look like him. Like he's not that. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) have you seen the Green Knight? First of all, actually, you haven't. No, is it good? It's it's very hot. He's very okay. Good looking. I'll check it out. And I grew up in Brampton. I did get crushes on like Indian bus drivers, like all the time. I was really into Indian guys. Like so, this isn't really that out of character for me. Um. So you remember that fourth husband, Debbie Reynolds's yeah husband also. So this guy was a real piece of work. He described Elizabeth Taylor. As, and I quote, someone with the face of an angel and the morals of a truck driver. Uh, what does that mean? A lady in the streets. A hole in the <laughs> okay. But he said this in public. What a dick. Could you imagine? And yeah, people sent boatloads of letters to newspapers calling Elizabeth Taylor a uh, hussy and many oh. other words. When she was with this guy, and uh, I'm assuming these are the same men that would jerk off to her in Cleopatra. Yeah, of course. Of course. They're like, oh, she's going to fuck people outside of her marriage, but she didn't fuck (laughs) me? Huh? (laughs) Sorry, go on. (laughs) (laughs) Me? So what do you know about the Hollywood studio system? (sighs) Not a ton. Are you going to give me a TLDR? Yeah, basically, stars were tied to their companies. So the movies that they made were usually with the studios that they were signed with. And the studios had a lot of control over what they did. Uh, 
you know, a lot of control as in like they could sometimes even pick who they married. So it was very intense. It's kind of like K-pop stars and their yeah. companies now. It sounds like you know like anything it. about that? Well, yeah. now I do. Yeah. <laughs> Hidden episode. Things. Hidden episode seven. <laughs> K-pop. Sorry, go on. So anyway, so MGM was her studio. You know, you know MGM. I, of the- course. Yeah. <laughs> Lion. <laughs> no, you're so cute mgm was her studio and this system meant she was tied to one final movie so she basically had kind of like you know how record labels have contracts for musicians yeah so same thing for these actors and i mean i don't even have to go there actors have contracts too like the marvel (laughs) actor (laughs) okay anyway she was tied to one final movie and this movie was butterfield eight Okay, I've never Where heard she of this would movie. play. Yeah, this movie is her most hated movie because she would play a borderline prostitute. She played a so-called party girl in this movie. Okay. And she felt like her personal life and her <clears throat> reputation were being exploited basically. And she also hated the script for the movie. Now, the movie was uber sexual. Like the opening credits, they play over her when she's naked in some rando's bed and she finds money at the side table and writes no sale on the mirror and steals the guy's wife's mink coat like implying that she's a a adulterer who sleeps with married men um but at least she doesn't take no money oh (laughs) and in the movie she's in the middle of two love triangles two love triangles that's like bella swan multiplied and then it's like really explicit for a movie set in the 1960s and a critic says this and it's also a very sad quote a lot of these quotes are really sad uh, i quote i suspect this film was allowed because it was a chance for everyone to call taylor a slut oh that's so sad because, yeah the character was designed to kind of shame her because it's you know <sighs> it punishes the like so she's not really a sympathetic like she's not like a an anti-hero or like a heroine no boo why would they do this guess what she won an oscar for it her only oscar she won for this movie years after but if people hated it people hated it People loved it because they got a chance to see a woman be put in her place, but it wasn't a good movie. Ew. It wasn't a movie about reclaiming your sexuality. It was a movie about how wrong it is to do <clears throat> the things that she did. Gross. Really hate that. Yeah. I wish I had more thoughts on the movie. No, you said enough. But it just seems, yeah, it just seems like kind of a sad, not so, it, like it's a sordid affair. That I don't really yeah, I get you. know how to spice up. <laughs> That's spicy enough for me. Honestly, misogyny is uh, plenty spicy. Yeah, you're right. So what are your thoughts on that section? That's our first actor and movie wrapped up. You did a, a fantastic job. You're doing a, such a good job so far. I'm learning so much. <laughs> or I'm learning or? only... only lies i'm either learning a lot or not learning as much as i thought that i was learning you know what i mean oh that should be our tagline that should be our tagline (laughs) you're either learning a lot or you're learning a little bit less than what you should be learning because (laughs) this is a show about lying do you get it that's the tagline 
So the next one is Katherine Heigl. <gasps> yes. Yes. Oh, I I am here for this because like justice for Katherine Heigl in every way, every Amen. way, every day. Go on. Amen. Is this about the ugly truth? No. Okay, this is about knocked up. Oh, Could you tell up. us about the ugly truth? Well, no, just I don't know if she's ashamed of this role, but I think it's a shitty role. I, I think it's it's basically her character in Knocked Up, now in the ugly truth, and the plot to that movie is just horrible. Okay. We will talk about it after I finish yeah. my section. Let's let's combine our critiques of both the movies. Right. The end, okay? okay, go on, go on, go on. So the movie that she she hated well she really didn't hate it she just had a mild criticism for elements of the movie and that mild criticism destroyed her mm-hmm. career mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ah renee knows all about this so okay. i'm just start from the beginning to the audience now. start from the beginning <laughs> so here was the quote that she got fucked over for and made seth quote loser unquote Rogan feel betrayed. That's right. He felt betrayed, apparently. What a baby. She said, it, being the movie Knocked Up, paints the women as shrews, humorless and uptight, and paints the men as loving, goofy, fun-loving. I had a hard time with it on some days. All days, woman. We know Mm -hmm. you're being diplomatic. I'm playing such a bitch. Why is she being such a killjoy? To this mild criticism... That she called a little bit sexist, right? She called the movie a little bit sexist. Every man went, why are you being such a bitch? Yeah. Why are you being such a killjoy? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, sorry, let's take a couple <laughs> steps back before, like, TLDR, Katherine Heigl is a tall and beautiful woman mm-hmm. who who mm-hmm. plays sharp incisive like interpretations of characters that i love Mm -hmm. and knocked up is a movie about an uptight bitch who gets pregnant by a loser stoner and uh yeah that's it and there's like six loser (laughs) stoners versus katherine heigl and somehow we're supposed to be on the side of the six loser stoners for some reason or they're laid back stoners like i don't get it i hate stoners and i hate people in movies who smoke too much weed it's a cop-out you're not funny you're just slow (laughs) the thing about knocked up is if you changed the music it would just be (laughs) like a horror movie for women it would be like it would be like a a heart-wrenching drama set against the backdrop of like <laughs> of like a farm during the dust bowl like this the, the fucking trials that she's fucking going through she's pregnant by this man of dishonor anyway that's knocked up that's man my- of dishonor <laughs> this is my that that was the summary. i love how i love how this has brought out the victorian poet poetry writer in me. well i'm just like well i guess, yeah i actually am being very victorian i'm like god he inseminated her and then didn't even marry her what a what a what a rake what a rake not a rake he is <laughs> Okay, sorry, go on, go on, go on, go on, please. So, Judd Apatow, the director, and we know Judd, he's made many other comedies 
I refuse to name him because I and I refuse to name them because I don't want him to be famous, even though he probably has made more money than I will ever even see in my entire life. But he said he expected an apology <gasps> from her that never came. Uh, what a dirty asshole. Yeah. yeah. This, Why should- this whole section is just anger. <laughs> I know. This is not a lot of education. It's more – like, and I know it's all true. I'm just like, wow. And, like, apologize um, for what? She was right. Yeah, she was right. She was 100% right. And she she had to play similar characters because people didn't respect her. Like, the fact that she had to play uh, that character in The Ugly Truth. Like, let's talk about The Ugly Truth for a little bit, right? In that movie, she plays an uptight, bitchy reporter who gets wooed by uh, a zany guy who's like... <sighs> Would we the call worst him zany version. or would we call him borderline violently sexist? Right. He he was he was like didn't he hire like wrestlers to to wrestle in jello and put that yes. on TV for yes, he did, views? Actually, now that I remember this movie in more detail, <laughs> yeah. And he kisses her and she says no and then he kisses her. Ugh. <laughs> And he says, you just don't know what you want, basically. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you're right. I don't know what I want. You do. (laughs) (laughs) A.K.A. every movie that Katherine Heigl has ever been in. She deserves to call it out. She just deserves that at least. And like, okay, this is going way off topic. But listen, the, the ugly truth. Yeah. TLDR, it's yeah, you you explained it. She falls for like a zany, wacky misogynist, and his whole thing is like for the first half of the movie, he's just like, I don't trust women. Women are whores. Why should I trust women? I just fuck them. I don't. Women are blah blah blah. blah. That's the ugly truth. And then his redemption, his redemption arc lasts like five seconds, where Catherine Heigl's like, um, why are you like this? And he goes. I got a divorce. And all of a sudden she goes like, oh, oh, oh my God, I had no idea. You're like somehow justified in how you're treating women because you got a divorce like every adult who exists. Can you imagine? uh, Yeah. And then that's the turning point of the movie where all of a sudden she's like, you know what? Maybe he's not so bad. Maybe there's something in him I didn't see before. Anyway. The broken heart left behind by a divorce. Something that literally, as Renee <laughs> said, every adult. Grow up. Grow Everyone up. Gets get a divorced. divorce. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Go on, please. So that was my section on Katherine Heigl. I knew Ooh, you'd know about short and it. Short sweet. Love it. Love that well, opportunity. We, we needed to talk about her. Uh, my next one is a little more obscure. The next person I'm going to talk about is a little bit out of uh, left field, shall we say. He may not be so familiar to you. His name is Yul Brenner, and he's an actor from the ye olden golden days of Hollywood. And Renee, are you familiar with him at all? What's his most... 
iconic role because I, rec- I recognize the name. He was known for two movies, I would say. The Ten Commandments and The King and I. Okay. Uh, no, I don't know him, but now everything makes sense as to why you've chosen him. <laughs> <laughs> I see why you chose him. You are obsessed with The Ten Commandments. Yeah, it is my favorite movie. One of my favorite movies, of course, accepting uh, Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. And it's another great example of why sometimes racist casting just works. Because <laughs> what's her what's her name who plays the beautifully and um and of Green Gables? No. And Baxter? And Baxter, yeah, in the Ten Commandments. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sometimes white people they hit it out of the park. Anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> Weird takeaways from the Ten Commandments. (laughs) All I'm saying is that it's not always a bad thing for white people with bad tans to play Middle Easterners. Because you know what? Who cares? The movie's so good, you stupid killjoy bitch. Also, great tagline for like a baseball movie. Maybe like Angel's... Angels in the Outfield or like The Sandlot. Like sometimes white people just hit it out of the park. How about that? Moneyball? I don't know. I don't think Moneyball is actually about baseball. Anyway, go on. Obviously, it's about money and balls, Renee. But anyway, it is um, kind of like sad and hilarious to me that Hollywood stole representations of western canon things you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they did something so over the top that me proposing the idea of indians cast in a movie about troy is just it's just not ridiculous enough because Mm -hmm. they won they established what is more ridiculous they established what is so ridiculous that it it became the mainstream the fact that gandhi was played by ben kingsley who is technically half Indian, but come on. Oh, is he half Indian? Technically, but it doesn't really count. <laughs> That's like, you're technically half Filipino, but yeah. it doesn't Yeah, <laughs> no, but I don't play... need to be playing. <laughs> you can't play a freedom fighter in a movie. Yeah, I can't even name one iconic Filipino woman or man, personally. <laughs> I, I can. Know. Manny Pequino. Pequino? Pequino? Oh, Oh, Maddie. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Who's the Manny? P- oh, shit. The guy who fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could I play him in a movie? Yes, probably yes. I could. Um, but only because I'm a woman, so that would make it more revolutionary. <laughs> so this movie, The Ten Commandments, it made a fuck ton of money. Let's just say that. They were top at the box office for the year 1956. And it starred Charlton Heston as Moses before Charlton Heston joined the NRA. (gasps) Yeah, he was Moses. Sexy Moses. And Ann Baxter. (laughs) (laughs) He had abs. (laughs) Oh my God. It's not right to make the Bible so sexy, but it's so right. It's so wrong. It's right, you know? Uh, Ann Baxter was Nefertiti, or should I say Nefertiti? <laughs> no, you shouldn't, but okay. You did, so. I'm pretty sure Nefertiti was an actual Egyptian queen. A Nefertiti, queen. yeah, was an actual yeah. Egyptian queen. So it's actually <laughs> offensive that you said that. And Yul Brenner played Prince Ramesses, the antagonist. 
Prince Ramesses in the movie is Moses's step brother or cousin or whatever, and they're both competing for the throne. It's very hot. Renee, you would enjoy it. And Yule, Yule was Russian American, and one of the first hmm. film stars in America to be of Russian descent. Wow. His role required him to shave his hair, and he maintained this trademark bald head for the rest of his life. And that's an actual fact. Oh, is it? <laughs> Sorry. Stop saying that's a fact after stuff when <laughs> I'm supposed to be deciding that, whether it's a fact or not. So Maybe I'm doing it to throw you off. You never know. Anyway, you'll regret it doing this movie because he felt... Like it would play, it played into negative stereotypes of Russians being the bad guy. This was in the fifties, like when oh, things were things were going pretty bad for people of Russian descent during the Cold War. So okay. he looked back on his career with a little bit of regret because he felt like he could have done a better job of representing his people. But what's funny is that Yule never expressed regret for his role in The King and I, where he literally was in yellow face. Yep. <laughs> King of Siam, yeah, for King some fucking reason. Now known as Thailand. He played the <laughs> king of Thailand. <laughs> and this is evidence that racist casting doesn't always work, okay? This was an enormous blunder. And, and look, this is bad. He was in yellow face. That's bad enough. Guess what makes it worse? The fact that he didn't regret it, of course. But what makes that worse? The fact that after he adopted two Vietnamese children <laughs> with uh, one of his wives. <laughs> and his last wife was a Malaysian woman who was Asian. <laughs> I expected that. <laughs> I should have expected that rather. Indeed. <laughs> Yikes. I have a question. Yeah. What do you think is the best Bible movie? Have you watched any Bible movies? What do you think about Bible movies? Let me think real hard. I've seen Prince of Egypt. It's a good movie. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. It's a great movie. That's a Sorry. great movie. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic movie. So probably brilliant movie. That might be the only Bible film I've ever seen. Okay, because listen, here's the thing about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is on a very short list of things that like over are overlapping Christian and cool at the same time so 10 commandments <laughs> i will give you is on there the second one is the song faith by george michael <laughs> christian and cool george michael is christian i thought he was gay well I, I don't know that he is christian but the song is about not having sex before marriage and it's a fucking bop so like it's christian and cool that's probably it <laughs> uh, prince of egypt prince of egypt there, yeah, there you okay. go that's a good movie. Done. Yeah, I feel Done. like Bible movies have one thing in common. They seem to be very obsessed with Moses. Right. I think he has the best story. He has the best story. Come on. He goes to Egypt. I mean, he was born in Egypt, whatever. And then he saves his people from slavery. He's like he's like the the Egyptian version of Harriet Tubman. Whoa. <laughs> what the fuck? I might have to take that out. No, actually, fuck that. That's funny. I'm keeping that. <laughs> Interesting takes. Interesting takes. Um, and that's my section on Yule Brenner and the movie that he regretted. 
He regretted one of the biggest movies of all fucking time, eh? Apparently. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, apparently. And that's a fact. (laughs) That should be our tagline. Double bluff. Yeah. That's a fact. fact. Oh, that was beautifully coordinated. So I'm going to move on to my fourth and final player of tonight's game show, Viola Davis. Can I can I guess the movie she regrets? Yes. Is it the help? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's the help. Before I developed critical consciousness, like Mm -hmm. when I was like in middle school, I loved this movie so much. To me, I was like, wow, this movie broke racism. She put the shit in the pie. I was like, wow. Let, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves let's go back let's do yeah your thing. but you're right i roast this movie a little bit but honestly when i first watched it i watched it with my mom and we both were like we understand racism now <laughs> <laughs> anyway so viola davis and the plague of the white savior in the help so <sighs> this movie does make black women seem crude, mammy-like stereotypes abound, and it still managed to get the ac- Academy's positive attention in the Academy. I mean, the Oscars, it won or was nominated for quite a few Oscars. But honestly, if you look at it, it's kind of insipid storytelling. I think the only other white savior movie that I I would compare it to in terms of like insipid feel-goodness would be The Green Book. Mm-hmm. Um, can are can you give like a twenty second synopsis of the movie for yes. those who haven't seen it? It's about a bunch of black maids who take care of white families it, during the segregation era, and it's about how they can't use the bathrooms in the door in the door no indoors because the the mums start to feel uncomfortable. They're rallied by a racist redhead lady which really is very rich coming from a ginger who says that they're they're dirty yeah who's so she the villain is played by dallas bryce howard wait i thought the villain was played by jessica chastain no jessica chastain plays like this dumb broad oh the blonde yeah who like becomes best friends with octavia spencer her maid and we're supposed to think this is really good Anyway. anyway, yeah, so the story of the movie is about maids and, and racism, and uh, read the Wikipedia article if you're so curious, okay? I, I'm, I can't be bothered. Or watch it. It's a bad, good movie. It's a good, it's bad movie. It's a bad, movie. good movie. It's a good, bad movie, because here's a quote from Viola Davis that I think speaks to what we're talking right now in a much more eloquent way than, than we could have ever managed. She says, there's no one who's not entertained by the help. Which is true. It's a very entertaining movie. But there's a part of me that feels like I betrayed myself and my people because I was in a movie that wasn't ready to tell the whole truth and was created in the filter and cesspool of systemic racism. And I mean, if you if you don't know, if you're listening to this, you don't know who Viola Davis is, like, I don't know, kill yourself. Like, she's so, <laughs> she's strong, beautiful smart this that's a great quote and i really do feel for her because like this movie was one of those roles i wouldn't say that's not fair to say it made her but i mean like to be fair a couple years earlier she was in eat pray love as like 
the best friend of Julia mm-hmm. Roberts. Like she was still playing like the shitty stereotypical black best friend character. And then, you know, this movie was a total like game changer. She was, good. <sighs> she was good in the movie and it was, I would say it was her breakout role. She, de- she yeah. won an Oscar for it or was at least nominated for one. But I, I mean, thoughts on the movie, like I said before, it's like either on the same tier or worse than the green book, but it's better than Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Like, cause the thing is, like her role in that movie was really great but the problem with it was like like if you ask anybody like who was the hero of that movie like we're we're, oh viola viola davis but for some reason emma stone is made out in the movie to be some sort of equivalent hero as if she's going through anything the movie ascribes to her the organizational power that they should have given to just the black maids. They could have cut out Emma Stone and it could have been a great lesson about labor rights and solidarity between an oppressed class. But instead, it was about white girls wanting to feel good about being nice to black women. And it was about making literal white girls, like girls of young age, feel really good. Like Viola Davis's famous lines in the movie, what are they? It's like you was kind, you was beauty. You was kind, you, you was smart, that? you was important. Yeah. Yeah. And it said to a white child, I mean, not that any child shouldn't hear that, but it's such a good, it's like an emblematic moment of what that movie is. It's a movie that's made to make those in charge and in power feel comfortable with you their bet. role. You bet. I, I agree. Like, I think it was like, I, I, did I make this up? But is it, there's this part, there's a scene where I don't know if it was Octavia Spencer or Viola Davis. Like someone says to Emma Stone, like if all white folks were like you, this blah blah blah. Like, do you yeah. remember that part? Like, I think there was. I don't know if you're making it up, but I I believe it nevertheless. <laughs> it's my turn to lie again. <laughs> I don't know if it's lying so much as being egregiously wrong. But um, that concludes. <laughs> That concludes my whole thingamajig. That is the end of uh, the fourth player. Yeah, there we have it. So that was it. How did you enjoy it? What do you think about the lie? Give me your thoughts. Talk me through your thought processes. I, I loved this so very much. Great topic. This was really your wheelhouse. Is that what it's called? Or your roundhouse? <laughs> no, your wheelhouse. Is wheel that a kick? <laughs> yeah, it's a roundhouse <laughs> kick. And it's, it, it's really in my wheelhouse. <laughs> you definitely got to do another pop culture one sometime in the future. Um, I have... I, it's time for me to guess the lie. And I have some I have some suspicions. Okay. Um, Share them. Okay. Let's see. <sighs> okay. First of all, I still think what you said about... Liz Taylor having been married to a Hilton a little fishy I I think you you gave actually a lot of different like Liz Taylor being married stories that all of them could have been not real the whole like Debbie Reynolds thing I don't know like I I wouldn't know so I'm gonna put that whole section on my list and then I'll pick through it later if if it gets down to that. Another thing I think could have been false. What, what was the movie again? The butter butterfly butterflies. Yes, Butterfield Eight. <laughs> this whole thing that you put together could 
not even be real. That could not be a movie. That could not be the plot of the movie. She, she she might not have regretted this movie or she maybe she didn't win an Oscar for it. I don't know. Like everything you said about Elizabeth Taylor is suspect. Pretty sure Catherine Heigl section checks out and I'm pretty sure the Viola D- Davis section checks out. Unless you wrote that Viola Davis quote and if you did, <laughs> I would be pretty upset because it was it was really meaningful to me. The Yule Brenner thing about him regretting his role in the 10 commandments because of Russian racism. <laughs> Okay, Uh, like one of the (laughs) highest grossing important movies of all time. Okay, I don't know. Um, Was it really that hard for Russians during the Cold War? Actually, it probably was. I'm sorry. Maybe it was. Okay, top three guesses. Fine. Yul Brenner regretting his role due to his Russian emotions. That's number one. Number two, the whole Liz Taylor, Debbie Reynolds thing. And number three, I don't think Liz Taylor ever married into the Hilton family. Well, the lie is one of the three. Oh, snap! (laughs) Snap! I'm I'm taking too long with this. I'm taking too long with this. I'm I'm getting too competitive. Oh, shit. Do you want a clue? Really? I'm so close already. Should I take it? (laughs) I don't know. It depends on you. It'll be more fun if you take it without the clue. That's for sure. I'm going to take it without the clue because if I've got it down to three, I think I can nail this. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know what? Fuck it. I don't think Yul Brenner regretted playing <laughs> Prince Ramesses in the Ten Commandments. Submitted. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, Yul Brenner did not. Because could you imagine Yul Brenner? Because it's true that he never regretted his role in the canine. <laughs> Imagine him regretting his role in the Ten Commandments, which made him very rich, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, to be honest, when you first said it, I I remember no flags went up for me at all. I yeah. was like, very interesting. And then with more time, it started to soak in and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Also, another lie. I told you that he shaved his head for the movie The Ten Commandments, but he actually shaved his head for The King and I when he was on stage. And he got famous off of being a stage actor for The King and I, and then he became famous for playing uh, The the King in the movie, and then he got his role in The Ten Commandments. So, Oh, why would you lie to me twice? (laughs) That's not in the Well, it's technically all the same lie. Like, it's all the same lie. No, it's not. The fuck? Oh, my God. That's so funny. That's such a good lie, too, because it was like no flags for me went up until two minutes ago, and I was like, hold on a second. Because, like, I mean, maybe he should have. Maybe he should have regretted it. Maybe he is the reason he pushed forward Russian unification with the world another like 40, 50 years because of that role. Who knows? Uh, Honestly, I was so when I was a kid, I used to research all the actors in the movie obsessively. And I found out that Charlton Heston died at the age of 98 and Yul Brenner died 
at like 65 or something like that Ooh. and i was like this is god punishing him for playing prince ramesses and opposing Moses. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a weird christian kid did you write bible fan fiction that oh, feels like something you would have done i've read it i rather never think about it again <laughs> Do Bible, is there ever Bible fan fiction that's written in complete earnest? Like someone's like, I wrote oh, in yeah. a parable. Yeah, yeah. Really? Someone, I've read really good, like, pornography. Like, well-written and atmospheric. From the Bible? Yeah. Like, in the, in the, read the Bible, like, in the style of the Bible? Yeah. From the, yeah. with the characters of the yeah, Bible? Yeah, it's David, David and Jonathan. Stop. <laughs> Stop fully. That's enough. <laughs> Uh, this is Double Bluff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Uh, goodbye.